All right, whoop, folks. Whoop, W-H-O-O-P. I think you know what I'm talking about. You've seen Rory wearing it. You may have seen me wearing it, and I'm pretty much into this wearable device. Wearable technology. Wearable. I like it. At first, I was like not sure if I was going to like having this thing on my wrist, but I'm into it mostly because of the incredible amount of information that it gives me about me and my life and how to perform better. Like I'm not going to ever be some amazing athlete, but I do like getting this feedback from my body. So basically it has inside of it, this crazy light that reads not only your heart rate, but all sorts of other things about your body, mostly the the time in between heartbeats, the heart rate variability, that's key. Um, anyway, it provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep and how recovered your body is and how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from your workouts and the normal stressors of life. Big key takeaway, walking 18 holes, that's a workout, folks. No joke. Um, so anyway, when I get up, I look at my WHOOP score, I try to see how I slept last night. Uh, and I've tried to incorporate takeaways to get better sleep and, uh, especially when traveling and stuff like that, cause rest is really important and, uh, the quality of sleep is really key. So, you know, it, it has all these, you know, suggestions for getting better sleep. The biggest takeaway is consume a lot of water. Um, also I've started exercising more. This thing plugs in great to all of my exercise routines and I can see exactly where I'm at, at my, uh, max heart rate. Um, it's got a built-in feature with a strain coach that it gives you target exertion goals and workout to work out optimally for the level of intensity. Um, it basically is a personal assistant for your working out. Um, and folks, big deal for you guys. They're offering 15% if you use the code EAL at checkout. That's 15% off com and enter EAL at checkout to get your discount. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. Optimize your performance with Whoop. Uh, it's got it's custom tailors to your body. It takes like a like a little bit of time to get to know you, and then it knows you, and it's fun because I've got a lot of friends that use it, and we talk about it. I'm like, yo, what was your sleep score last night, bro? And basically, it's how early did you go to bed and how early did you wake up and did you get distracted while sleeping? Um, it tracks all four stages of your sleep, slow, wave, REM, and light, and when you wake up, and it can tell you how much sleep you've actually gotten down to the minute. So it's like the first thing I do when I wake up is I just check it and I'm like, yo, what, how did we do last night? And I can tell, I can notice the difference now. And it's kind of like that awareness wasn't really there before using the whoop strap. Um, the whoop journal allows you to track the decisions that you make during the day and the impact that those have on your recovery. And basically guys, whoop can help anyone perform better, whether it's preparing for a golf match. Yo, yeah. Race meeting, etc. Whoop can help plan out your day and make smarter lifestyle decisions to help you feel better than ever. And I can say I have definitely improved in a lot of areas there, whether even now when I walk 18, like I feel better, you know what I mean? And I think part of that is you're just focusing on your body's performance. And this is the tool that gives you the insight to do that. So please go check it out. Support the people that support us. Whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P, enter code E-A-L at checkout to get 15% off. What's up, friends? What's up? What's up, compadres? All right, folks, Jones Golf Bags. My friends over at Jones Bags and Grayson Clothiers have come together to bring you something really cool and very exciting. And it's not ice cubes, folks. It's over the next few weeks. They will be uh, doing an Instagram contest where the winner will get a cool, a lot of cool references, folks. Clearly, it's cold up in the Pacific Northwest. I know Grayson is based in Detroit, otherwise known as Detroit. Charlie. 
great guy. These are all good people. $200 gift card is a winner going to get from the each company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm struggling. As well as a FaceTime lesson. This is pretty chill. With none other than the former number one golfer in the world, Luke Donald, folks. Luke is a huge fan of both Jones and Grayson Clothiers and would love nothing more than to help you improve your golf game from the comfort of his own home. Your own home. I guess you'll both be at home. You're not going to his house, I'll tell you that. I mean, I know maybe you could slide into Luke Donald's DMs, but I don't I don't I don't know if you could actually. If you slide into Luke Donald's DMs and he responds to you, text me a screenshot. Okay, I'm sure we could all use an extra golf lesson at this time. That is very true. I I was all over the place this morning. It was like scrambled eggs without a pan. Uh, all, you, <laughs> all you have to do to enter is post a picture or a video of your quarantine golf, and whether that's at home or your now open golf course, hashtag quarantine golf. You, do you know how to spell that? I'm going to try right now. Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-I-N-E-G-O-L-F. Quarantine golf, hashtag quarantine golf. And be sure to tag both Jones Sports Co., Jones underscore sports underscore co and Grayson Clothiers in the post. That's at Jones underscore sports underscore. I cannot underscore co and at Grayson Clothiers, G-R-E-Y-S-O-N Clothiers. Be sure to use your Jones and Grayson gear if you got it. Yo, if you got it, use it if you got it. I was going to say smoke them if you got them, but obviously I didn't say that. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Winner will be announced May 25th. Get involved. I will say one of my favorite raincoats on planet Earth is the Jones Grayson Anorak, my friends. It's it's hooded. It's smart. It fits, and I feel like I feel like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, but that's a little... I don't know if that's a compliment to myself. The truth is I haven't even seen it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Anyway, get involved. All right, folks, Adidas. Adidas is pushing the boundaries once again in golf footwear. And if you've been counting, I don't. I haven't been counting. It's a lot of times. But they're doing it again, so whatever many times it's been, it's add one. Uh, so you need to check this out. It's called the Code Chaos, all capitals. The footwear team let me know that this shoe is meant to break down traditional stereotypes and make a statement that there doesn't have to be one look for the sport when it comes to golf footwear. It's it's athletic and bold from a style standpoint, but this shoe is seriously packed with technology. It's spikeless, but beyond just being tested with guys like DJ and Xander, they did heat map studies. Heat map. That means they know where you are right now. They literally know. And watch, I'm telling you, you're going to get an ad for Adidas footwear in your feed. I'm telling you, and I just, it's not me. I don't know if it's them. It's probably Xander, not DJ. Xander's got an X in his name, so he's a little more sinister. Even though I would not, I would probably feel more likely that DJ would really, he could, he could do some damage with the club, um, to my face. So to see how players shift their weight, they use this heat mapping technology to to see where they, they shift their weight, but also where you are physically at this current moment uh, throughout the swing. So anyway, with all that info, they created a new traction system called Twist Grip. Twist grip. That's spelled the way it sounds. Anyway, so the players get the grip they need exactly where they need it. And this is an ad lib and when they need it. That's I just added that. Uh, it's waterproof. Waterproof is key. Let's get let's get honest, folks. If you want a waterproof shoe, unless you live in the desert, you can wear sandals or moccasins. But for everybody else, you need the waterproof shoe. So hit up the code chaos. It's waterproof, lightweight, and obviously has the boost cushioning which we all love. There's even a high-top BOA version, which 
I'm not sure I'm man enough to rock, but John Rahm is. But he's also he's very, very good at golf. We can all agree. These things are next level, so get yourself a pair. Head over to adidas.com slash code chaos. Spelled the way it sounds. Although the C-H in chaos is sounds more like a K. So it's C-O-D-E-C-H-A-O-S. And shop the styles and follow Adidas Golf on Instagram and Twitter for all the latest news from the Trois Stripes. That's three stripes, folks. All right, welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang Show, everybody. We are about to go live with a couple of my friends from overseas. We're going to start with Rick Shields, who is going to talk with me about the big week ahead, golf opening up in England but not necessarily in the other areas of the United Kingdom. For example, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Ireland, which is not part of the United Kingdom, also not going to open up golf. So going to be a quick little update podcast on that. And here we have Rick joining us. Originally, uh, Rick and I were going to have a conversation about working together on the new website, but now we have... Rick joining us to talk about the state of golf in the United Kingdom. What's what's going on there, Rick? Might have to turn on the audio. Two seconds, he says. We I can see Rick. He's in his glorious hitting bay where he just hit a thousand shots. If you haven't seen that video, I make a cameo. <laughs> Still don't hear you. Maybe. Uh, hey. There you go. So, what's the story right now? I just wanted to get my. Just wanted to get my microphone up. So that's the story. <laughs> hey, listen, if I'm working with a professional, I get the proper microphone out. Um, what's the story right now? Well, so far in the UK, we've been seven weeks on lockdown. Um, and, it, and it's proper been locked down, you know, apart from a sen- real essential work, you could go out once a... Um, the, the dryer's just kicked off. Give me one sec. We got the dryer going. Rick is, um, he's, he's got, I, what is, this is not your garage. What is this? Yeah, this is my garage, yeah. The ga- garage. The garage. The, the garage has turned into, the people, people online, Rick, and I don't want to put you on the spot. People online were trying to guesstimate the cost of your hitting bay between the flight scope, the launch monitor, the screen, the AstroTurf. Care to comment? Um, yeah, you've broke the biggest expense is the launch monitor. So the launch monitor is around about twenty thousand dollars. Okay. And by the time you've bought the computer, because it needs to be a high spec computer, um, that's that's the biggest expense. But I already had that as a you know as a business expense anyway. So fortunate for me, the biggest expense was something that I'd I'd had for I think I've had it for four years now. Right. But like I say, if you were to get something at home, that'd be a big expense. The surrounding area, the Hitting Bay, which is really smart, actually, uh, that would cost £1,700. So what, $2,000? Sure. The AstroTurf cost about $400. The mat, the Hitting Mat, I actually stole from a driving range that I work at. (laughs) But... They've also asked me, are you going to keep that mat? Because we need another one when we reopen. So I'm going to buy those guys a replacement mat. So that, that might cost like £300, whatever, $400. The projector was £500. So that was quite a, 
a big expense. That was pretty good. So all in all, if you were to actually price it, if I had a, if I had an insurance job right now and, <laughs> and I had to price it all up, it's 30, uh, no, 20, 25, but somewhere between 25,000 and 30,000. And is this, first of all, this is, we'll get back to the state of golf playing in the outdoors. Would you have built this in your house had it not been for quarantine? So about two years ago, I actually had the garage semi-renovated to allow me to turn it into a home office. Now, within that home office, I did have plans of setting something up where I could hit golf shots, but it wasn't anywhere near as grand as this. And then, as you know, you know, life takes over. And I never really needed a home office because I employed staff. I didn't feel like it was right to have my members of, you know, people who work on my, on my in my business working in my garage it just didn't it wasn't it wasn't a viable concept so i just had it as storage i use it for storage for my golf clubs you know i use it for storage you know just in general with three kids you know there's plenty of stuff that i need to put in here often i don't keep a car in here we have a driveway for the cars so it became just a bit of a dumping ground like i've got a spare fridge in here you can see in the background the dryer what goes so in the fridge a, there is that what, what goes in there it normally it's purely alcohol <laughs> normally it's bottles of prosecco for the wife bottles of champagne uh like beer um you know mixers diet coke and things like that and then up on the shelf i've got all my spirits that's what it normally is and on the left hand side it's a freezer but currently because we're on lockdown and we're spending more time at home it's become like a backup fridge for extra food and you know things that we can't put in the main fridge in the house so it's like a bit of a, a backup so yeah so basically when when lockdown took place and it was originally only going to be for three weeks the very monday that boris johnson asked the pm said we're on lockdown it was like right i need to come up with a plan and I didn't know what that plan was yet, but I needed to set up somewhere that I could use at home. Um, and I had this space and thought, well, this is going to be perfect. I can, I can do something in this space. So I didn't really know the dimensions. You know, I didn't really know if it was doable. So that evening I did some research, managed to contact a, a hitting bay company the next morning. And by 8.30 the next morning, everything was ordered and paid for. Um, and then I'll be honest, I got very lucky. Things like the roof is just the right height. It's 2.55 meters. It's like, I thought at first I wasn't going to be able to swing driver, but I can swing driver, no problem. Um, it just everything seemed to click into place. So it kind of works really nicely. It's given me a nice escape. I've probably not used it as much as, you know, I've used it, it's a business use. You know, it's not yeah. as much as I love golf. I'm not out here every night just hitting golf balls for the sake of it it is a business use i've been using it to make videos and then it's other use at the moment has been a home simulator room for the kids are they in turn getting maybe more into golf than they would have so what they don't know yet i'm going to give you an exclusive i, I think they probably <laughs> do watch the eric anders lang show but on the floor right there just behind me in those boxes i've actually ordered them some kids clubs and i've not told them yet because at the moment we have got like a couple of little plastic clubs for them and and we honestly i've always been this idea that i don't want to push them into golf i think they'll get into golf without me ever needing to do anything and that has actually come out to be true my eldest daughter who's five she is just picking it up like she's just wanting to do it she wants to go to the golf course like she's been asking me can we go to the golf course um 
so yeah so they're picking it up and then like i said it, even my little my little boy loves the i've got like a ball pyramid full of pro v1s and they can't stop like knocking it over and messing about with it and doing my, doing my head in and what's funny is some days you'll come in here and it just looks like a, a kid's playground there's bikes there's toys there's golf clubs everywhere there's balls everywhere and then suddenly i'm going oh crap i've got to, i've got to make a video tomorrow and i quickly put everything back again and make it into a usable space but yeah it's been good i've, I've probably made about 12 to 15 videos in here so it's without doubt paid for itself but I haven't um, seen how many videos of those have I seen? Uh, most of them have come out. Okay, great. Yeah, so most, your turnaround made, on a video is two days, four days. So typically, what I would do generally, I release somewhere between two and three videos a week. That would always be what I'm trying to achieve. Some weeks, we are. If it's a nice week of weather, we'll try and get bank a load of videos. We'll focus more on filming rather than editing, etc. And then other weeks when it's terrible weather, obviously we can crap down and edit. So before lockdown took place, I managed to film about four weeks of videos in advance. You know, I just had a really busy week where we just filmed three videos a day for like three or four days. Um, so then since lockdown, because I felt that people were potentially going to be not watching as much golf and that's been true i didn't know how, which way it was going to go you know the first month we actually had record views for the month of march um you know eight i can't remember what it was now like nine million views on my youtube channel in march and that was that was up by about 25 percent on the year before and you know that would then in theory trend to say in april we should have got 10 million views you know that's how the trend was going and we didn't it dropped back down to like 8 million views because people just you know people aren't if they're not playing golf if they're not gonna get a chance to play there's a lot of people who just will switch off from golf yeah right? and, and i kind of i kind of get that you know maybe if it go on sorry oh i was just gonna say that it, i have less experience than you obviously uh, on YouTube and, and making golf videos, but you know, people listening probably don't even know about the masters trend and what that does to golf on the internet. And usually when the masters hits golf videos spike and basically everyone who really is a casual golfer and maybe watches the masters and then says, let's go play a, a round or two, you know, and they maybe play five rounds over the summer. They all of a sudden start consuming golf content and, every creator sees a spike around the masters, which was not a spike at all this year. It was more of like a rolling, maybe it was noticeable. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest. I, I would always say, and I, and I still stay true to the statement is the content you release on masters week, the actual con doesn't actually do that. Great. Masters week content for me has always been average, just normal, normal viewing figures. It's the back catalog that gets viewed a lot. Interesting. So, it, so, you know, I will see videos that, you know, I've released two years ago suddenly getting picked up on views. And a lot of them, you know, again, my con content's different, but maybe instructional videos, how to start playing golf that I've released three years ago start getting watched a bit more. Because like you say, it's the master's trend. People are going, well, I, that looked cool. I want to get into it. But content that's pr primar primarily released on master's week, I've typically found just to do okay. You know, I, I, I typically thought it would do better, but suddenly you can get an extra million views on the back of master's week just because people are watching back, backdated content. 
Um, so obviously we didn't see that this year. And then, eight, um, what are we in now? May. May's been just okay. Like nothing great. I've had no massive videos, no horrendous videos, but you can just tell there's a bit of a, a level of frustration now getting to people. They just want to, they want to get out. They want to play golf. Um, and I think that's showing as well. I think other people, are, more and more people, the longer it takes, it, it stops people playing golf are going to just turn off from golf. But what's difficult is that's not true around the world. You know, in the, in the States, it's totally different because yes. you've, had, you've had States that have still been open to playing golf, right? Oh, yeah. The States has been pretty polarized since the beginning. There's been, you know, Arizona deemed golf a um, essential activity, which is great. Um, but the states have been really like super into, you know, being autonomous. So there hasn't been any federal decree about whether, you know, anything really. And I, I don't, that's, that's a political thing. I'm, you know, California has been less open to it, but then again, we filmed our first adventures in golf of the season was on the one course that was open really in California altogether. They made a plea to their municipality, their county. And they said, look, we would like to stay open. We serve the community that surrounds us. It's a small community, 250,000 people. We promise to put in measures that won't burden the medical system. And they found that it was so popular that they were getting people driving down from San Francisco who were not adhering to social distancing and essentially, you know, scaring a lot of the local older um, residents of this community. And then the golf course said, okay, you know what? No golf if you don't live in the county. And that was a measure put into place just for the safety of the county that the golf course lived in and served. Yeah. And um, it's a really cool story of how, you know, you know, one group of people can mobilize and take care of their, the people that live there. But now more or less golf is open all across California. I, I don't know the answers of, you know, as of the recording of this podcast, it's May 11th, Monday. Um, I'm going to try to get this out in 48 hours, but so it'll be out on Tuesday, Wednesday, but across America, I don't have the numbers, but by and large golf is open. The one thing we're missing now is professional golf really in America. Yeah. I've heard rumors and I saw a tweet today. I don't know how reliable the source is that PGA tour are looking to start up again in four weeks. And again, yeah, I don't, that, that sounds consistent. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that. So the, so, the big breaking news here in the UK, um, and it, it is breaking news. It was only really emerged last night. So uh, on the 10th of May, Sunday night, uh, Boris Johnson, you know, did a um, nationwide, statement uh took about 10 15 minutes on every single channel on every you know on the tvs and it was the most vague statement that's ever been said why was it so vague i didn't hear it so the rules at the moment have been quite simple stay at home yes. stay safe protect the nhs like that's so that's what we've been known to do. Stay at home. Like that is you're you're allowed out once a day to have your your essential exercise, and you're allowed to go grocery shopping. That's it. Done. You don't meet with people. You don't go in the park. You don't do anything. You don't play golf. Golf is shut for now. What's this eight week 
golf has been closed, right? So um, yesterday he comes out and says, this is the new slogan. And it goes along the lines of um, stay alert, control the virus, save lives. Okay. There's been a lot, there's been a lot of questions around those three words, you know, those three lines. Like what does stay alert mean? Like, how do you stay alert from the virus? You can't freaking see it. Like, you can't dodge out the way of it. You can't, you know, you can't do anything. You can't stay alert for something that's invisible. So I think that's a bit of a silly thing to say. And then the back of it is also allowed unlimited exercise. You're now allowed out your house as much as possible, as much as you want for exercise. People have been encouraged to go back to work. Um, You're allowed to now meet with people outside of your household as long as you stay two meters apart. Um, and then turn into golf. So the, the big tagline was sports, and he kind of he very very brief briefly said it on his um, on his speech yesterday was that sport um, could be potentially played again. So obviously, as soon as he finished his speech, everyone went to Twitter and went, "So sport can be played, but you need to be social distancing." So what does that mean for golf? So the England golf said came out and said, "You know, we we're, we're gonna." hear what uh, the PM has said and we'll get back to you tomorrow. Um, Scotland, on the other hand, and Wales and Northern Ireland, who are obviously still all in the UK, have gone their own routes and they don't agree with what Boris Johnson has said. So therefore, they're actually still closing everything. Golf will not be open in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland for the foreseeable future. Um, now, it's, now, sorry to interrupt. First of all, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the UK, had COVID. Correct. Is recovered. Correct. So he, he had, all, that's he had COVID. Story. Yeah, so he had COVID nineteen. He he got he went into intensive care. And I mean, I don't know how much of it has been, you know, blown out of proportion, but there's a lot of talk about it. he was you know, he was close to not getting through this. Like apparently he he was, you know, and there's also a lot of uh conspiracy theories about did he actually have it and you know was was it a bit of a was it a bit of a, a way of getting the the uk um population on board and more serious i don't know yeah but yeah listen to what yeah, I'm saying. I, I don't i yeah so anyway he um it was very vague so anyway long story short now golf in england and only england at the moment is going to be allowed from wednesday the uh, what's that the 13th of may and so that's a big deal. This is great golf weather for you guys. Although I did see you post a picture of it raining on Wednesday. <laughs> that was that. I that was that was a, a meme I, I made <laughs> last night. <laughs> is are, are, so. What's your plan for Wednesday? You're going to go out. I asked you. We were texting a bit the other day. We we've been in touch throughout this quarantine, which has been nice. Um, you you're going to go play. You're going to film. Um, what's the plan? Well, I'm not sure yet. As of Monday right now, I still don't feel like it's clear enough what is allowed and what's not allowed. If I was just a recreational golfer right now, member of a golf club, and that's the other question, just because the the government say you can play golf doesn't massively mean golf courses are going to open. Like they might not financially see it viable to open because here in the uk a lot of memberships are frozen at the moment 
So if you're paying a membership of a golf club, they've frozen your membership until they've reopened. Oh, they didn't do that in the States. Everyone was still paying dues and they were really getting upset. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm probably not talking for every golf club in the country, but most of them have frozen memberships, similar to, to gym memberships. All, most gym memberships have been frozen, things like that. They've all been frozen until a point in time. So if golf courses reopen again right now, and you, don't forget, if, even, even if they reopen, doesn't mean golf, the, the clubhouse aren't going to be open, pro shops right. aren't going to be open. You know, how does a golf course continue to actually make money in that situation if they do open again does that mean they have to then start charging membership fees again so right. i think I, I think case on case study for different golf courses are going to be different um so if i was just a golfer right now i would 100 percent be planning to play golf on wednesday um at the moment before only literally an hour ago a 60 page document came out by the government kind of breaking it down a little bit more before that came out it was only reported you're only allowed to play with people of your own household and that doesn't mean even members of your own family so if i had a, if i had a, a relative that played i couldn't play golf with that person i would have to play with either my wife or my three children that that's all i'm allowed to play with or play on my own and again think of that as a as a logistical nightmare for golf clubs a golf club might have 300 members let's say and if you can only play in one balls, well, you can probably realistically get maybe a hundred golfers out a day. Even I mean, if you split it up into, even if you split it up into seven minute intervals, just playing in one balls, that's what nine, seven golfers a, is it nine golfers an hour? Yeah. So you're only you're only actually being able to offer services for a third of your membership, and then what happens then? Do you have to book it in advance? So then, in literally in the last half an hour, it's come out saying you can play sport and sport coming under golf, tennis, fishing, uh, football or soccer, you can't play because you have to get closer than two meters. But golf, as long as you stay in two meters apart, you're allowed to play with one other person from a different household. So, for example, I could play golf on Wednesday now with Peter Finch. Like we could go and play golf right now on Wednesday. Sounds like a match then the the question is well am i allowed then to bring a cameraman are they no. all, because well it, it's also no but it's work like it's my business to make golf videos yes and if i'm going onto the golf course to make a golf video then i need a cameraman to film it on my, I, my you know i'm not a big critic rick but these rules sound ridiculous it just yeah just one second i'm just, i'm have to catch it one of the kids Rick's go ahead. Rick has uh it's it's about five PM in England where Rick is and it's it's all it's about to be dinner time. Um so Rick's gonna he's just he's left the podcast, he's he's grabbed his youngest son who seems to be wanting to knock over the pyramid of balls. But in, in my opinion, you know, when I think about this, I I just think it's so interesting to see all of these real like we're we're as a as a world community we're grasping for you know what makes sense what's safe what's smart um you know and the truth is in california i know that the situation is different here than it is in a lot of places but i mean we're basically uh able to play golf relatively simply um 
you know, the pro shop is more or less closed. There's no place to eat, but golf here is, once you get on the course, it's relatively normal. Apparently at the municipal courses in Los Angeles, which just opened up, you have to wear a mask for the entire round, which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't understand why you would need a mask if you're staying, you know, keeping your distance from everybody else. So hello, little gentleman. Here's baby Rick Shields. Rick, what's your son's name? This is Jude. Jude. So how you doing, big guy? He's got a handkerchief around his neck. He just he looks like a <laughs> cowboy. He's got panda pants on. I think you'd appreciate oh, those. Are great. <laughs> and then he is. He's currently, like you said, it's it's getting close to uh, meal time, so he'll be getting hungry. But yeah, so so long story short, it, it, I I'm interested to see how the next few days pan out. <laughs> One second. Sorry, everybody listening. This is now Pearl. Say hello, Pearl. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Pearl. How are you? That's a beautiful dress. You look like you look like Snow White. And then last one. This is Ivy, who's currently in a wedding dress. Hi, Ivy. Are you getting married? <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful unicorn. Married. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give us a minute. Bye bye. Okay. Pearl wants to say bye bye. I love bye-bye, the Bye bye. Bye. So um, I, I'm interested to see what happens Wednesday. It's either going to be very, very busy on the golf course or quiet because even though we're allowed to play golf course, are people going to want to? And also people are going to have to work and people are going to have to look after family. Like it's not as easy. So I think come Wednesday, I'm going to have more answers about whether golf courses are going to be packed out completely as busy as I've ever seen them or, or not that bad. Right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it and staying tuned and following along on your Instagram with what ends up happening. And um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, they're a bit loud. And the last no, thing is, great. I've got I, I'm it, I'm itching. I've got some amazing videos to film out on the golf course, and it's been killing me that I've not been able to. Uh, but yeah, I've got some good ones coming, so it should be it should be good fun the next few months. Hopefully, hopefully, if golf is the only sport that's allowed to play in a lot of countries, we might even see a weird spike in golf. <laughs> Right. Rick's getting mobbed here. Bye bye, hello. Bye bye, hello. Say bye to Eric. Bye bye, yep, yep. This is a this is a podcast takeover. Bye bye. Rick, I think you're Rick, I think your family has a future in entertainment. This is very entertaining for me. Well, I think, I think get, they're going to catch on. Get to family dinner. Enjoy the golf on Wednesday. I hope to hear that you play. And we'll talk again offline. But uh, thanks for joining the show. See you soon. Sorry about the last bit. <laughs> Bye. All right, folks. Precision Pro. One advantage that low handicap golfers have that has nothing to do with the mechanics of their swing. It's that they approach every shot with all the right information. The more informed you are, the better your decision-making process is before you even swang that club. I rely on Precision Pro rangefinders to give me the precise information as I make my way through 18 holes, sometimes 36, MJ. I've carried several of their rangefinders around the world with me, and they've all been easy to use, incredibly fast, and most importantly, it gives me the exact yardage so I can choose the right club. You know, you need those two things. It's a relationship, folks. You can't just hit the same club on every shot, and you can't just hit the same yardage. All golfers need a rangefinder that they can trust. 
And I'm telling you that my boys over there in Cincinnati, I trust them. And I'm just saying that the Precision Pro is a brand I trust. My listeners also receive $20 off any of their great rangefinders. Just use the promo code ERIC at checkout for an extra $20 off, E-R-I-K, to add to one of their award-winning rangefinders to your bag this summer. You can even put it in your pocket. I do that too. It actually is, it's got a magnet too and it goes onto your cart. But if you put it on the cart, you might forget it. I've done it, folks. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do your, don't play yourself like that. Best of all, Precision Pro Golf is the only rangefinder that offers free lifetime battery replacements. So not only are you getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. It's a commitment. It is a lifetime commitment. You literally hand in hand with Precision Pro. Well, I'm not sure where that came from. Anyway, it's all part of the industry-leading customer service that Precision Pro Golf delivers to every customer. Booyah. Swing with confidence, hit more greens, and with use and I'm going to do that one more again. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Later. All right, I'm going to catch you now. We got let give me a second, all right? I'm about to do an ad read for Vice Golf. I don't even have a read, so this is a this is an ad lib. This is an ad libbed lib read. Anyway, Vice Golf, you all know I love the brand. Uh, they make a great golf ball, and there are things that I would tell you in person about the golf ball that I can't tell you in a public forum. But basically, the golf ball is amazing. Technically speaking, on tests, it performs as good or better than what we call, quote, the best golf ball on tour. Now, the Vice Golf Ball also has one cool thing, which is that it's cool. Obviously, the scripting is really sweet. But beyond that, as another cool thing. I'm going to keep pulling cool things out of this ball. The second cool thing is that you can't get it in a pro shop. So go online, go to vicegolf.com, and get your slick balls. They've got all different types. They've got the Tour. They've got the Drive. They've got the Pro. They've got the Pro Plus. They've got different colors. And you can also personalize less than uh, – you can personalize. I don't know what number you can personalize, but you can personalize them, whereas other brands don't let you personalize them except for once a year. So check out vicegolf.com. Get yourself some smooth and cool balls for the course, that is. Anyway, y'all, see you in the showers until the next ad read. Tailor-made, folks. I got to tell you, the first golf clubs that ever went in my little old hands were tailor-made burner oversize. They had some crusty old grips that I redid myself at risk of my own fingertips with the razor, and I and I got high because I don't know if you've ever re-gripped your clubs, but you, you, you become an, an inhalant addict. Because you're putting like really noxious stuff. Don't don't grip your own clubs unless you really want to. Anyway, mad respect. Give me a fist bump whenever I see you. I grip my own clubs. I put the grips on them myself. I say, how much did you say? I mean, you could save money. You save money because I think you put them on. It's like twenty bucks each, and you and you buy the grips yourself. It's like eight bucks. By the way, regripping fourteen clubs. I mean, you might, that's like a lot. Go buy TaylorMades instead. They come with grips. My favorite TaylorMade edition. Now, obviously, the Sim Max I'm playing is a monster club. One of the many things Tiger Woods have and I in common is playing the Sim. But also, I really I kind of love the wedges. The raw-faced wedges, MG. I both love the high-toe in matte black. I also have a matte black shaft. I know you didn't ask, but I went ahead and told you. Anyway, TaylorMade, my favorite thing about TaylorMade beyond the incredibly performing equipment is the people that make this company up. The, the band of the band of brothers down here, the band of sisters, the family in Carlsbad really, really gets behind what we do. And that means it's important for you to get behind what they do. So go support TaylorMade, everybody, and hit them straight or just don't just just hit them with TaylorMades, though. Just get some just stop messing around with all the others. 
hit them straight with TaylorMade, but just hit TaylorMade at least. I mean, if you're not, I mean, just just go. I mean, what are you doing? Just pause the pod. Go on TaylorMade. What's their website? I don't even. They don't even need a website. Just go find TaylorMade ASAP. There should be what? What I play? I play the okay. Studio is asking me to play. I play the P seven sixties four through pitch. Then I've got the milled grind raw face. 50, 54, and 58, and then I rock. I'm in between the Gapper and the Sim Hybrid right now. I play the two Gapper. Uh, I've got a steel shafted 6.5 Project X in that one, as with all the irons. And then on the driver, I have the uh, Sim Max with a 9 degree. I'm still working on getting my numbers on that. I don't really know. I got the 10.5 and, and the 9. We're going to do a little experimentation. Maybe, honestly, you know what? Whatever one I don't use, how about it's yours? How about that? We're gonna. I don't know how we're going to manage this. Head over to the Instagram account. Get ready for the old giveaway of the a driver that I can't hit. <laughs> anyway, TaylorMade's the family, folks. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right, and for the second stage of this podcast, we're going to be talking with Rue McDonald, uh, who lives right near Dornick. I'm going to ask his help in introducing him properly. He's joining us now. Um, he's connecting the audio. So anyway, Rue, I know Rue works for the European Tour. He has his own podcast called the Scottish Golf Podcast. And welcome to the show, Rue. Hey, how you doing? Very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, it's getting getting through this uh, getting through this time, I guess. I was uh, going through your introduction, and I guess the truth is, I don't even quite know everything that you do. Um, <laughs> so you have uh, obviously Scottish Golf Podcast. You work for the European Tour. What do you do for the European Tour? I'm a content manager, so look after all things like social media and a little bit of the website. Uh, the YouTube channel, stuff like that. So. Well, then I would say everyone who watches golf owes you a round of applause because you guys have done a great job. I mean, we just love all of your videos from the the bumbling interviewer to um, what's the name of the young interviewer who had the go at Rory? Uh, it's not. Oh, yeah, little Billy. Yeah. Billy, Billy. He's great. Um, the uh, fastest hole played, the, uh, you know, hitting the gong in the water. I mean, all of these ideas are just so inventive. And uh, just great work. Yeah, well, I'm like I'm like one percent of that. I'm like I'm quite far removed from that. There's a little like content committee that meet regularly, like five or six guys, but um, a small part of that team. But I certainly wouldn't take much of the credit there. I'm more the day-to-day tournament stuff. So you know, Tony Hatton's fiance slams the toilet door in his backswing, like he did in Italy. Then that's us posting that. So and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, like many people over here, I was furloughed. Um, half the European Tour staff was furloughed. The, the European Tour were great in the fact that they um, they paid us full full salaries. So um, I've just spent the last month or so, um, you know, doing the podcast again. So I did my first podcast in two years um, at the start of last month. And I actually did one with Stuart, um, which, I'm, which I'm holding back uh, whenever you guys get around to releasing that um that content series but 
from Iceland or from uh, from Sherskin and Macri yeah. and Macrahanish and all that stuff. So I don't know when you're planning to push that live. Yeah, Rue is talking about a, a really great series we did down in the Scottish Isles. So we did Shiskin, Old Macrahanish, Macrahanish Dunes, Dunaverty, and Macri. And uh, so it's a five-part series that uh, Stuart was on and Alexandra was there. And, you know, um, we don't know when that will come out. We never really do. We never we try to wait as long as possible <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. But um, – and then I get, so you're in, what town do you live in? Do you live near Dornoch or you're in no, Inverness? Nowhere near that. No, uh, I'm about uh, 20 minutes drive from Aberdeen and 20 minutes drive to Croon Bay. So Croon Bay is my home course. So you're north of Aberdeen? Yeah, just north. Okay. Um, and we were going to meet up during the Scotland vlog series that we did, but I something happened with our timing. It was every day was sort of just complete uh you know confusion on when things were going to happen but um you know i i uh i definitely have been following what's been going on over there and uh, you know on the first part of this podcast we talked to rick shields a little bit about the you know opportunity to play golf in england which seems like you aren't going to have that same opportunity no i think we're just gonna have to wait a little bit longer than uh, the English, uh, UK government, uh, sorry, the UK is formed of different countries, individual countries that have their own devolved powers. So Scotland isn't an independent country, but does have uh, the right to govern stuff like the economy, environmental stuff, transport and healthcare. So the Scottish government has taken a, a more conservative sort of step and, and a more patient step of just holding um, the lockdown so at the moment, we've been told if you, if you don't have to travel and leave your home, then please don't. Just go for essential groceries and um, you're allowed to exercise for, for one hour a day. Uh, that's the only change, really. We can, we can go out and exercise as much as we like, whether that be walking, running, uh, but we can't play any sports. So um, it's, it is what it is, but as like this crisis has highlighted, there's a lot bigger and more important things in the world than, than golf. So uh, we'll have to continue walking the dog over the golf course. There's, there's no flags in. There's, you know, the, the 150-yard markers are covered up. The ball washers are covered up. Um, people are riding their bikes across the greens. Uh, dogs are in the bunkers. Uh, as you know from your Scotland series, Scotland's a very, uh, the golf courses are very public. We have the right to roam anywhere in Scotland. There's no trespassing in Scotland. So... I think people have enjoyed exploring the golf courses when they're closed. And um, I think that's quite a, a good thing. Um, golf certainly, there's no barriers and, and big gated communities in, in Scotland. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a different take. As you were describing, kind of walking your dog on the golf course, I was just thinking, oh, it sounds like a normal Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, yeah. Uh, and that's one thing I've found is during this time is, getting out and enjoying that one hour of exercise is so important for like mental health. So, yeah, um, you know, Scotland, Scotland's going to have to wait for his golf. And as you know, from your series, like we are golf is part of our culture. Everybody knows golf. It's part of our culture. Like even if you don't play your, your dad plays or your sister plays. So, 
you know, it's part of our culture and we'll, we love golf more than anybody, but I think generally the, the population knows that we have to just wait a bit. It'll probably be a couple of weeks, but, um, you know, another thing on this is that we have a short golf season. We're a bit, a bit like some of the states. Like we have maybe five or six months of golf that we play. Uh, well, I play. I, some people play in the, in the winter, but that's not for me. The majority just play, you know, from middle of a start of April, really through to October is when we play. Uh, so we're, you know, we're missing a big chunk of our season really in, in the in the short window we have, which makes it a little bit more frustrating. But as I say, I think I speak for other people and the fact that we're going to just have to wait and enjoy watching your content and other people's content in the meantime. Tell me about your home course, your home club. Crew Bay, yeah. So Tom Morris designed. Uh, it was also redesigned by... Tom Simpson, so he's, they're both pretty big deals when it comes to golf course architecture. And as you know, it's a popular golf course for a lot of Americans coming over to play uh, on golf trips. So we have a membership model where I pay about $800 annually for my subs, which for the top 100 golf course in the world, which Crudon Bay is, I think it's 70 on Golf Digest's um, list. <laughs> Uh, we have an 18-hole golf course and a nine-hole course and a driving range. And, yeah, we pay annually $800. Um, and, it, and that's because we're subsidized by the 3,500 predominantly American golfers that come over and play our golf course and pay, I think it's £120 to play. So we have that membership model which is great and, and that might be one of the factors looking at next year is you know a lot of these clubs do rely on the the inbound golfer like you coming over and playing and uh and maybe our fees will have to go up next year but you know we still have a pretty good deal yeah i think you know you were involved in both uh, i know brora and durness were basically um in sort of a dire circumstance where the membership dues alone weren't covering the costs of um, basically staying open. Can you, can you, can you break down kind of what the problem was and then we can talk a little bit about how the solution came about? Yeah, I, I think there's probably three types of golf clubs that will, will be affected in different ways. You've got St. Andrews, Castle Stewart and the big name courses that have thousands of, uh, people come and play and, and you know two hundred dollar green fees and and sure they'll they'll miss that revenue but they'll survive and they're in, they're in heavily populated areas and you know people will will find work elsewhere and and the play, the golf course will survive but you've also got the crew to main model which is sort of half and half so half membership and half visitor income and again we'll we'll be just fine just about. But then you have the, the third member, uh, third category of golf course, which is uh, sort of in a remote area or um, have a small number um, of visitor visitors every year, which uh, Brora and Durness are in the far north of Scotland and they have small populations and they also have a lot of seasonal employment. So take Brora, they, they employ a lot of people in, in uh, annual salaries and if they have half half or three quarters of their income disappear, it suddenly makes it a very difficult business to run. So they've, they've suffered from just having that, you know, zero income coming in there. Their membership might only be like, Durness's membership must be maybe a hundred people 
all paying 200 pounds or something each and it's enough to pay for one greenkeeper so you know these these places rely on and the, the actual towns and villages rely on the golf travelers coming through and you know playing the golf courses and, and keeping the places alive like you've been to Askerish, like places like that really rely on the golf course to provide you know two or three jobs is a big deal on an island like that so uh these these areas are just rural towns that uh, you know rely on the the golfers coming over and spending their money and keeping jobs going so and so you know it's it's sort of in america we haven't really had the same problem because golf courses you know depending on when the conversation is happening have have for the majority and maybe it's a slim majority in the beginning of all this but but now as we're kind of nearing the reopening of society golf courses have you know been more or less open and municipal courses are in a different way to scotland municipal courses are just funded by the government right you guys don't really have municipal courses in that way i'm finding out we we have some but they would be there's some really good ones there's like um there's a couple in edinburgh and uh, north berwick golf club is actually run by uh, the council has a big say in on that golf course because it's the council land that it's played on but yeah most of the golf courses i would say 80 percent of the golf courses in scotland we have 550 golf courses roughly here and uh, they are run by them like owned by the members and run by the members um you know some of the clubs have have general managers and a, and a committee but yeah most of them are are run they're not run to make a profit they're run to survive and, and provide a, a, a good quality of golf course for its membership and yeah there's there's as you probably haven't visited many courses in scotland that are super private in the way that they are in, in the in america we probably could we only have a dozen courses that are ultra private and, and hard yeah. to get into, which is again scotland is so blessed in that sense that we have golf for everybody you know you could be rich or poor uh, man or woman like you could play golf and then enjoy golf the same way and i think that's something that you love about scotland as well right yeah well in scotland it's kind of this feeling that like the golf was there and then a man and his dog and a stone and a stick arrived and then it became a sport for man but prior to that it was sort of already manicured by bunnies and goats and things like that and you know in america it's just so different because it's like we're gonna move earth and we're gonna you know put in water and then we've got to you know irrigate it and then we've got to you know put in a building it's it's so it's so it's just such a different game with with, with with uh, Brora and Derna specifically, what ended up happening? I, I have a vague idea, but essentially there was a, a fundraiser put in place. But but can you tell me what actually happened to keep these courses alive? Yeah, well, thankfully, both those courses and another one to mention is Four Trolls, which I think you guys uh, had on your on your uh, unofficial golf guide as well to Scotland and um, you visited there. But you know these courses. Basically, had to figure out really quickly how they get gen generate revenue. And Brora, I think, they absolutely smashed it. The the head pro there set up an online pro shop and was selling a lot of merchandise. And he also created some new member packages. So one thing I've always tried to convince people is 
for like two hundred and fifty pounds. I don't know. That's like three hundred fifty dollar. You can become a member of some of the oldest golf courses in the world, and it gives you an international membership. And uh, you know, there's a lot of bag tag bowies out there who play the big courses. Like, how cool would it be to to show up to your golf course wherever you live uh, and say I'm a member of the fifteenth oldest golf club in the world? Like, Fortros is the fifteenth oldest golf course in the world. Like, Brola's golf course has sheep and cows roaming on it. Like, how cool is that? So. Basically, these courses had to be proactive and, and really promote their overseas memberships and their lifetime memberships. So I think Brona set up a lifetime membership, which is limited to 10 people, each paying something like 5,000 or 10,000 pounds each. So, you know, you sell a couple of those and you've, you've secured a job for the year, you know, for somebody, which is a big deal. And uh, yeah, Dirtest did something similar. Um, both are also selling like tea times for next year for 2021. So that's another bit of a headache for golf clubs and courses here is the fact that they've basically had their 2020 season wiped out. And then looking at 2021, their tea sheet's pretty full already. Um, so they, um, that's going to be a bit of a headache for some of the clubs. But yeah, thankfully, both of those courses are, um, are safe for now. And um, yeah, it's it's obviously not what we wanted to happen, but you know maybe there's a lesson to be learned here where they could be proactive and, and really appreciate what they've got. And it was great, certainly in Bruno's case, to realise and and you're certainly a part to thank in this is that you know people do love Brora and that Brora is a special place. And, and through your videos and your content, people realise that now. And I think the people in Brona really like it's a bit of a wake up call. Like, geez, we we really are lucky to to live and work here, and it's a special place in the in the world of golf. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been kind of interesting on a couple levels. Like when you see, um, you know, well, first of all, the golf industry as a whole is completely as as inflexible as it may have been for you know decades and decades and maybe even centuries, all of a sudden everything's changing. Okay. So we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. We're going to stay open and we're going to do it this way. It's like all of a sudden, all of these kind of rules are changing and the, there's things inside the cup or the cup is raised or, you know, I think we've all heard a lot about how golf is different during this time, but that's kind of interesting. And then also, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, there are so many um, great, like uh, things that can come out of this as far as gratitude. I mean, I know for me uh, not playing golf for two months and then sort of finally having courses near me open up. So I think I, for a while I had to drive about an hour to play and I was just so grateful and, 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 and it meant so much to me to be able to get outside and, you know, there's a tremendous amount of therapy that goes on there when you're, with some people and you're not sitting at a lunch table right next to each other, but you're walking and it's safe. And I mean, it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's hard to place the value on that when it's, you know, when you're going through such a tough time, what are you, I mean, when golf is allowed, what's your game plan? Are you just going to go out day one morning one? Well, yeah, it depends if the European tour sends me off to Switzerland or somewhere like that for work. <laughs> but in an <laughs> ideal scenario, I, uh, you know, one thing I've missed is the ability to travel and, and what I love about sort of the content I make. I'm like, and I'm very much saying you're, 
you're the you're the guy to beat in this you know in the sector of like making golf content and, and aspirational golf content but what I try and do in the, in the Scottish Golf Podcast is like show places that are off the beaten track, maybe like Dirt S. And then, and the one thing that I've missed is the ability to travel. So, you know, myself, my wife, and my dog jump in a car and, and tra- travel to places like Dornock and Brora that even as a Scottish guy who lives three hours away, I don't really get the chance to go see. And um, it's maybe a bit like you, like there's some amazing places on your doorstep that people travel around the world to see, and you're you know, you're, ha- you're 30 minutes or, or three hours away and, and I could drive to. So I'll, um, I'll relish the chance to get over to Askernish. That's one place you've beat me to, uh, this remote place on the, on the west coast of Scotland. Or, you know, go play somewhere like Turnberry or, you know, just experience new experiences that I haven't really had the chance to do. Um, and, you know, I enjoy showcasing that people maybe haven't heard of as well. Right. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, do you have a um, finger on the pulse of when the European tour is going to start back up? I would say it's uh, one thing, you know, the European tour's great strength uh, over other tours in the world is that it's a global tour. Like I've been lucky. I've been to something like five continents with, with work. It's been amazing. I've been to, you know, Mexico and um, America I've been to Africa, Kenya, like what an amazing country Kenya is. So like one, one great strength of the European tour is how global it is and how we have amazing personalities and players from all over the world. Um, and we go to so many amazing places, but also in this, in this unique set, set of circumstances, it's actually a negative because different countries have different travel policies and restrictions. And we have players in Australia, Dubai, wherever, all trying to fly in. So it's looking like, you know, end of July is probably when the first tournament we're, we're looking to try and get back up and running. And it'll probably be in the UK. And it'll probably be a, a couple of events in the UK to start things off just because, uh, I guess, infrastructure-wise, people can fly into the UK fairly easily. So, so it'll actually be a pretty modified schedule. It, it will be kind of new events with new um, courses? I, would, I wouldn't say new courses. I think the venue's would probably stay the same if they were on the schedule already. I think the schedule's completely blown up, though, in terms of, like, yeah, wipe, most of the events probably wiped out, and, you know, the big events, the Rolex series for the European Tour is a big deal, um, and we've seen some great success in that, and, you know, the level of events, we have the best players playing in them, so uh, that, that'll be a focus probably towards the end of the year, but you've got the, you've got the majors to fit in, you've got a Ryder Cup, to fit in so it's going to be pretty busy for the, the golf fan the golf viewer and also the golf tours that's great man well i'm looking forward to seeing you and your dog hitting a golf shot uh, at cruden bay um i'm looking forward to playing golf with you at some point hopefully soon um and uh if people want to find you what's the uh where do you direct them to do, do you got, you got a couple instagram accounts i know that <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, I don't think people want to see me and my dog on my personal Instagram. So and uh, that's not true. I, I would point them towards the Scottish Golf Podcast. So okay. uh, yeah, I do a I do a weekly podcast, and I, I have um have an Instagram account there with some nice pretty pictures of Scottish golf courses. So uh, yeah, that's the place to find me. That's great, and we should we should go to Askernish because it's now been um, I think coming up on three years since I've been there. So. I'd love to go back and visit it again. So maybe we could go there together. That'd be fun. 
That'd be great, yeah. Macrahanish is not too far away there. That's probably one of my favorites, so we could probably. Oh, that was incredible. Talk about like a retreat, a spiritual like. I'm not. I'm not a spiritual sort of guy, but like I felt like that place was just like tranquility, peaceful. Like in a day and age where we're all glued to our phones, like that's my job to be glued to my phone. It's your job, but like at Askarish and Macrahanish, you can forget that you you don't even have a phone signal. So no. uh, it's just the golf. Yeah, you're not you're not texting anybody. There's no there's no texting. <laughs> it's great though. I loved it. I love you come back after a day of golf, get to the hotel, get a nice drink, find some Wi-Fi, and then you remember that you're always on your phone. And you get the Wi-Fi and then you think, why am I getting on my phone right now? And then you put your phone away because you've had this experience of being out on the course all day and just enjoying it. So it's, uh, well, the lawnmower has started up. Let's, um, we'll pause the podcast and uh, I'd like to talk to you offline, but thanks for joining me, Ruth. Yeah.